of a sermon series called uh, Answering Difficult Questions, Answers to Difficult Questions, the kinds of questions that people have asked in many different ways over the, the tenure of my ministry, not just here, but everywhere I have been. So last week, we explored the question, does God make mistakes? How are we supposed to read it when God says, I regret that I have done this? That sermon is online, but today we have a different question. Today, the question is, how do I know what God's will is for my life? Sometimes people have asked it this way, how do I find my way? What is the purpose that God has for me right now? What am I here to do? And so the question is, how do I know God's will? Some people would say, well, just ask the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will let you know, but it's not that easy. It's not as easy as just licking your finger and holding it up to see which way the wind blows. The Holy Spirit moves differently. How many of you, when you were a kid, had a magic eight ball? They were invented in 1950. They became popular in 1971. Maybe you had one for your children. I used to love, we used to have that magic eight ball, and, you know, little boys transitioning into tweens, and I remember shaking it. Will Mindy say yes if I ask her out? You know, those kinds of things. Does this person like me? But you really can't go to the magic eight ball with a question like, what is my purpose? What is my God-given purpose? What is God's will for my life here on earth? I don't know if, if this answer had always been in that magic eight ball, but there's an answer on some of them now that says, don't ask me, I'm a ball. Don't ask me, I'm a ball, right? So we can't go to a magic eight ball with the most important questions in our lives. No, that's the kind of question we need to go directly to God. John Wesley, who was the founder of the movement that became the United Methodist Church here in America, at one time the largest Christian denomination in this country, John Wesley gave us four ways to determine what God's will is, and the very first one is Scripture. That's why it's so important that we give, give these young children these Bibles so that they may glean uh, for answers from what Scripture has to tell us. So let's hear what the Bible has to say. I have a few very short passages Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose. He is working out in everything and in everyone. That tells us that we are, you and I, a part of God's plan for life here on earth, and it's been true since the days of creation. The prophet Jeremiah says this, and maybe you're more familiar with this verse, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. So yes, God does have plans for us, and God's plan, while it may take us way outside of our comfort zones, is always going to be a pathway of hope. And so we continue, some proverbial wisdom says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely uh, on your own insight. And I believe that one of the reasons that so many of us are feeling dissatisfied, that we are feeling fractured, uh, unfulfilled with the direction that life has taken us, is because we have taken the wrong path. We have chosen to go down paths other than the path that God has intended for us. And when we're on the wrong path, which is parenthetically most likely a selfish path, we find that those kinds of paths wind and turn, maybe end up going around and around without ever getting to where we need to be. I was in uh, 
Freising, Germany, and we were there, and we wanted to go up to the Weinstefan University. It's an ag school, historic, very, very old, and one of the guys on the trip said, I, I Google mapped it. I'll follow me. We walked around. We climbed the same hill twice just to get to the same place, but we did not give up. We did not give up. There is this path that God intends for us, but there is good news Good news, my life verse from Isaiah, I've, I've shared it with you many times. If you leave God's paths and go astray, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, no, this is the way, walk here. And so God is constantly trying to reach out. We call Jesus the good shepherd, and we know that shepherds and shepherd dogs keep people on the right path, the right path. And Paul says to the church in Philippi, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But we may feel that, that what God really wants for us is more than what we could ever accomplish. And yet, the last text is we have this great good news. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus, Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So today I'm going to give you a very simple and practical way for you to find God's will for your life. Who, who here doesn't want to know what God's purpose is for their lives? But it's interesting. We can look at this as what's God's plan for my own individualistic life? And that's what we're going to talk about. But I think we need to start by saying what is God's plan? What is God's path for all of us collectively, male and female, Young, middle-aged, old, black, white, it doesn't matter. What is God's plan or God's will for us collectively? And so it is simply this. God's will, first and foremost, for all of humanity is that we have a relationship with God through God's Son, Jesus Christ. And this is God's desire for everyone. As Paul writes to the young pastor Timothy, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants us to be disciples, to be disciples who, who walk in the footsteps of Jesus, who live their lives the way Jesus lived it. There's that old rabbinic statement that says, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi, which means may you so understand and, and, and uh, put into practice everything you have taught that you are so close that you're literally covered in the dust. And so we have this before us. As disciples, we're called to be uh, stewards of all of our resources, to work about bringing a, a, a new creation that the Bible speaks about. And so, yes, to find God's will for us collectively, we have both the manual, which is the Bible, but we also have uh, around-the-clock tech support that is the Holy Spirit. But we also have the Holy Spirit that enables us to have one another, to help one another along the way, to help one another stay on the right path, to pick one another up when we are falling down, to rejoice with people when it's a season of rejoicing, and to, to grieve with people when it is a season of loss. Each and every one of us called to be a part of this. As Peter writes, God has given each of you some special abilities be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to other God's many kinds of blessings. And you may be wondering, I don't know if I can, but Dr. King said, everybody can be great. And why? Because everyone can serve. 
All right, so are you ready to get to the four easy steps so that you personally might be able to find your will from God? Are you ready for this journey? Okay, no one said yes, and then I had to milk it out of them, but here we go. We're going to do this. The first step is very easy. Dream dreams and vision visions. Dream dreams and vision visions. There was a song that came out about 25 years ago that that said, I believe I can fly. Do you remember that song? I believe I can fly. And one of the refrains in there says, if I can see it, I can be it. Vision. Having vision. If we can't see it, then we won't be able to realize it. The pastor I had growing up, great man, great man. He, he kind of became a father figure in my own life when my dad passed away. He, he brought me onto his staff. The fact that I am, am standing before you here as a pastor, he really helped to shepherd me along that way. But he used to ask me a great question. You want to talk about an icebreaker? Every once in a while, he would just say to me, what are you dreaming about right now? What are your dreams? What dreams do you have? It was a way of him saying, do you have a vision for where you want to ultimately be? Are you dreaming? Are you seeking to find what it is you need and what you want? I mean, have you ever really asked yourself the question, what do I really want out of life? What do I really want out of my faith? What do I really want out of my community? It seems obvious, but most of us never take the time to actually literally ask that question, and even fewer actually write it down as some kind of a personal mission statement or a personal vision statement. Where there is no vision, the people perish, is what the Bible tells us. We have to dream dreams. We have to have visions. But friends, so many of us, because we've never really done that work, we don't have anything clear to aim at. And we ultimately get nowhere. I'm a firm believer that God is constantly trying to break through to us. God is constantly trying to to, to speak clearly to us so we might know what God's will is, but our hearts are closed. Our souls are far too often closed. But there is a second step beyond dreaming dreams and visioning visions. It is to make sure that you match your dreams to the will of God. We have biblical stories where this doesn't happen. We know that when Paul was converted, he very much felt that he was supposed to take the gospel to a certain part in Asia, but that wasn't God's plan. That was not a part of God's will yet at that time. And Paul had to be humbled, knocked down, given an illness, and it was in that time of recovery that God's true will was found. And he was able to faithfully live out God's will for his life, God's purpose for his life. God stepped in and intervened. Have you ever once said this prayer, Lord, if I'm on the wrong path, step in and intervene. That's a tough prayer to lift up. That is a prayer of surrender. And so there are some simple questions that we can ask to help us with our dreaming of dreams and visioning of visions And the first question should always be, this dream I have, this vision that I have, is it for God or is it just for me? Is it for the better of everyone or is it just for me? Am I truly seeking God's kingdom first? Check your motives. Check yourself. Because we may be on the wrong path. 
We can also ask questions like, if my dream comes true, how will it glorify God? How will it be a blessing or a benefit to others, or will it only benefit me? Have I asked for and pursued wisdom? Have I gotten wise counsel? Because sometimes we just can't figure it out on our own. That's why God surrounds us with so many wonderful people. Proverbs says this, there is safety in wise counselors. Most all of us know deep down that we have to get advice, whether it's medical or relational or, or professional. We have to ask advice. But sometimes we only go to people who we know are going to give us the answer we want. That's right. Have you ever worked with somebody who, who all they ever wanted around them were yes people? Yes, yes, yes. Because that's all they wanted to hear. They never wanted to be challenged. Are you willing to be challenged as you discern God's will for your life. Another crucial question as we're really unpacking to make sure that, that our dream and our visions match what God's will for us is this, is do I have all the facts and are the facts right? Am I the only person here who has ever uh, done something, made a decision based on what I thought I knew to be true, only to later find out it was not true? Just me? Well, you're all so lucky. I guess I've just been the one making all the mistakes in this life. When we don't know what we don't know, we're in trouble. Can you follow that? Didn't that sound like a Yogi Berra-ism? If you don't know what you don't know, you're in trouble. We need to continue to turn over rocks, to continue to dig deeper. Be sure you know what you know. Make your decisions on verifiable facts that match what your dreams are. And so that's pretty easy, right? We, we dream, we invite God into our visions, and we make sure, we do the hard work to make sure through wise counsel that, that our dreams are really in fitting with what God's will would be. But the third one is where most people stop. We must overcome the obstacles that will surely come. Because if we really are starting to walk down the path that God wants for us, there are all kinds of forces out there that want to knock us off that path. And sometimes those forces are deep within ourselves, greed or lust or some other kind of, uh, of thing that, that has, has control over us. And so when the temptations come, we need to fight on through it. You know what the number one reason why a novelist doesn't publish a novel? Because they never finish the book. They, they, they give up. The temptation to give up is there. Luke, in chapter 18, Jesus tells the story of this widow, and she was persistent about what she wanted, and she wore him out. Wore him out, persistent, to fight through that. We may need to recalibrate, but we need to fight through. How many of you have, ever, how many of you have a GPS system in your car or on your phone, and if you're going somewhere you don't know where it is, you put that address in? And, you know, even still, with all of our great technology... Even still now in 2020, sometimes they send you the wrong way or a way that seems to make no sense, don't they? But do we just give up? Do we go back home saying, well, this, this path was wrong? No, we find the right path. We make sure we get to where we want to be. And so if we fail, we need to pick ourselves up and try and try again, knowing that we have the strength of the Holy Spirit in us to help us work it through it. And we could also see our, our hiccups, our stumbles these obstacles as opportunities for growth. Some of the most famous people, people like Walt Disney, Michael Jordan, Beethoven, and Henry Ford, they were all dreamers who failed at some point. 
But they did not give up because they knew what their purpose was. Misunderstanding and looking in the wrong places can be another obstacle. This expectation, well, if I do what God wants me to do, I'm going to receive all the glory. But also the obstacle of doubt. Does God really want that for me? Can I really even do that? And sometimes we compromise. We fall short because of this doubt. A couple of years ago, uh, comedian Jim Carrey, and he's done a bunch of movies. He was in a bunch of uh, Living Color. He was on TV shows as well. He gave a commencement speech for a a group of graduating college seniors. And he's such a, a funny man, but he really played it very, very straight. And he told a story about his own father. At some point in this, he said, two things guide us, love or fear. People choose paths out of fear disguised as practicality. We are afraid that what we really dream of is impossible for us. Then he went deeper. He told the story. His dad was in many ways as funny, if not funnier, than Jim Carrey. His dad wanted to be a comedian. He wanted to, to pursue that. But when the family started, he thought, I better take a safer choice. There's a lot of starving artists out there. And so he settled on a job for which he was miserable. It made him miserable. But it was the safe choice instead of pursuing a dream. And what happened was when, when Jim was just 12 years old, that safe choice was pulled out from underneath him. The family became homeless. They had to live as a family in a van, doing whatever they could just to survive. Jim Carrey never finished high school because he had to work to try and help out the family. And so what he learned was that you can fail at what you don't want. You can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. And friends, I think, That's what God wants for us too. I think God wants us to take delight in doing what we love. And if we what we love is being in in tune with God's path for us, God's will for us, then we are always going to be at peace. Go where God has called you to go. Listen to the whispering of the Holy, Holy Spirit. But finally, we have dreamed our dreams, we have visioned our visions. We have made sure by doing the hard work that that our dreams are in concert with what God's will for our life is. We have understood that we can't allow the obstacles to get us off the path that God has for us. But this is huge. In the end, expect even more than you can imagine. When Jesus did his healings, so many of his healings, he he didn't say, ta-da, when he was done. He said, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made, because those people believed that Jesus would have that power. As a matter of fact, when Jesus went to his hometown, they were filled with with doubt, and Jesus was able to accomplish very little there because people had no expectation that what they could imagine could come true at the hands of our Savior. So the question is, do you believe it is possible? Because it never will be until you do. And so let's end by reading together this verse that we already heard earlier in the service. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine.
To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I think this is vitally, vitally important. Each and every day I give thanks that as a very young man, I found what God's will for my life was. And even though there are really bad days and tough seasons in ministry, such as, I don't know, a pandemic, even though there's tough times, never once have I thought I'm not doing what God, I just have always had that inner peace, knowing that I have found God's will for my life and I am living it out, even when it's hard. And that's a peace that I think God wants for each and every one of God's children, beautiful children, to have for themselves. May it be so. Amen.